Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. You are listening to the latest Flyers Talk podcast. I am Jordan Hall, and as always, I am joined by the wonderful Brooke Destra. We have plenty of more fun Flyers Talk for you on this latest edition. The offseason. It's humming. It's humming, Brooke. It's humming along here. (laughs) Um, We're in a bit of a waiting period, I think. Uh, I think the entire state of the NHL is in a major waiting period from everything, from the labor issues to uh, the state of next season, to general managers probably wondering if they should hold out right now in terms of signing other players or making bigger moves because I think they're in kind of a wait-and-see mood. I think everyone is in a wait-and-see mode. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. (sighs) Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my! Look at that! He is... And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Brooke, what are you thinking of right now, the state of the NHL and next season? Do you have any concerns? Just what do you make of it? So right off the bat, I look at how the league handled their return to play in the summer and how they're handling everything now. And it's very polar opposite, in my opinion. I feel like they came back in the summer with an entire plan, plan A, plan B, plan C. If nothing was going right, they had the bubbles. They had everything planned out with the players. They made sure that the Players League Association, everyone was on board. Everyone was ready to go. That I don't get any sense of clarity any good vibes right now with the league anything with return to play and that obviously raises some level of concern because if you don't have the players in agreement to play if you don't have the teams on board with things then we're not gonna move forward and have a season so I think it's it's interesting that there's kind of like you know little mumblings coming around with the whole they're not going to address anything because this is how it's going to be. And clearly players don't really seem on board with that. So <laughs> yikes. <laughs> I rem- like, I can't believe that we were really thinking that they would be playing in less than a month. Now I'll be excited if they play by March when last season stopped. So it's, it's definitely, it's interesting, and granted, things can kind of 
progress rather fast once things get set into motion, once that kind of domino effect uh, kicks into place. But right now it's just, and we were talking about this last week. It's crazy how things can kind of adjust from day to day. And we were still kind of very hopeful for January. And now it's just like, well, maybe we'll see hockey soon. Hopefully. Probably later. <laughs> I, I don't know. know. <laughs> when there's a standstill, that typically means people aren't seeing eye to eye and it causes, you know, almost like a tension and a break um, between talks and stuff. And yeah, it, it's so weird that, like you said, Brooke, for the return to play, uh, everyone commended the NHLPA and the NHL for, for linking up and getting things done so productively, quickly. Um, they were on the same page. And now here we are looking to get this next season going and it's not going as smoothly. I think that's okay. I don't think there's major reasons for concerns. I, I think, like you said, once there's a little bit of steam, um, once there's a little bit of clarity and there's some action that finally starts taking place, uh, the ball starts rolling and things start going. But right now, just a weird standstill, a major waiting period, and we'll have to see how things develop. But, yeah, January, January 1 does not seem, like, realistic whatsoever. <laughs> it's just not going to happen. Uh, maybe sometime in January. I think that would be great to see. But, Brooke, I, I, I do hear that there are a lot of players starting to make their way to their NHL home cities and maybe start trickling into the practice facilities. But the NHL and the NHLPA, there's just nothing set in stone. There's no firm dates. There's no protocols on anything. There's uh, not even rumors. There's no. no buzz. There's no anything. No insiders know anything right now. We're so not left in the dark because there's nothing. We don't know anything. We don't even know where the dark would be. Yeah. Because, <laughs> given like all of the situations going on. So it's, it's definitely crazy. It's a little concerning because of how well they handled things last time. So it makes you believe that they really have no idea how to approach it which stinks because I was really thrilled when the league finally got some recognition for doing something because, you know, they're, they're kind of known as the lesser of the four major sports in mm -hmm. the U.S. and North America. So it was great to finally be like, hey, fans all over, like, wow, the NHL did a great job. And now it's like hockey, hockey who, hockey where? No one really knows what's going on. So, ah. Yikes. Yikes, Yikes times two. <laughs> and, and like you said, uh, with the return to play, everything went so swimmingly. They, they came together. They found an agreement um, on how they wanted to return to play and a new CBA. Everything went so, so smoothly. And now we're at a roadblock here. And I understand there's, there are much greater issues now with starting this next season uh, in terms of you can't just say, hey, we're going to sit in a bubble and get things done. Uh, there are much greater money issues now within – all aspects of uh, this return to play, this res this starting next season. Tis the season to thrill at the Nissan year-end sales event. Get in, then get out and experience the most riveting ride of the year in a brand new Nissan. These savings on Nissan's lineup are sure to raise your pulse. We love looking at prospects. Why not? They are, a lot of them, Brooke, are actually playing. And a lot of the college prospects are starting their seasons. A lot of them have them underway or they are starting coming up in a few days. And the Flyers have really done a nice job getting uh, prospects that, that go to college and uh, look very promising. And we 
decided, well, why not? Let's rank our top three college prospects. Give fans a greater glimpse into these kids. Brooke, let's start with you, your top three college prospects in the system, and let's start from three to first. Okay. So it's crazy that, thank God, that we have college hockey right now. Thank God we have other leagues going on around the world right now because if we didn't have any hockey, I think I'd be losing my mind because I think that this offseason is obviously very different than the ones in years past because we don't know when it's going to end. It's during a time where we're normally in, like, prime hockey. I can't believe it's December and we don't – we're not at the Wells Fargo Center right now. It's, no Black it's Friday team. Yeah, no Black Friday. That was no. crazy. Yeah. That's tradition for the Flyers. So – that was insane. 14. Maybe we'll have like a, a 4th of July yes. game at this rate. <laughs> Memorial Day, yeah. something like that with the Rangers. Why no. not make a new tradition? But yeah, 14 straight seasons, they hosted a Black Friday game, the Flyers. And uh, this year, all quiet. Right. So <laughs> back to the prospects. There we go. <laughs> the ones that are playing. Thank <laughs> God. Times two again. Yes. I'm really amplifying some little analysis for you, Jordan Hall. Um, so I have three prospects that on this podcast I've been very keen on. I've been very excited to see their development. And that's not going to change today. I'm just kind of putting my foot in the ground and being like, yeah, my opinion is not going to change unless another prospect proves me otherwise to break this top three. So without further ado, <laughs> Here we go. coming in at number three, I have Bobby Brink, University of Denver, because – I think he really has the potential to develop into something that the Flyers desperately need, and that is a player with a lot of ambition to have a kind of snipe shot. That's something that fans have been wanting for years. Draft a sniper, draft a sniper. That's all Flyers fans want. So I think that he's definitely going to be fun to keep an eye on um, throughout this season. I believe he only played one game so far, no points, but um, – I'm, I'm very excited to see him. And then coming in at number two, I have uh, Mr. Jay O'Brien from Boston U. I like that. I, I mean, you know, we've talked about it on end because of the comparison with him and Joel Farabee, because they were both in the first round of their draft classes. Mm -hmm. And because Farabee's in the league and O'Brien really isn't, he's kind of fallen under the shadow of Farabee for reasons that he can't control. Mm -hmm. prospects develop differently all the time yeah so this is going to be o'brien's first season in the ncaa and he's at boston u which is obviously one of the most credible colleges for hockey so i'm super excited to see that um but more importantly i'm really looking forward to seeing how he starts to make a name for himself not only in the flyers pipeline but if, if you're watching college hockey, you're keeping an eye on the Terriers no matter what. Mm -hmm. And it's going to be interesting to see because Farabee played there right before he joined. Uh, he signed his contract and came officially flyer training camp, made it right out of camp. So yeah. it'll be – I'm curious to see how O'Brien kind of adapts and transitions because do I think he's going to do it as quickly as Farabee? No. But, again, there's nothing wrong with that. So I'm really excited to see how he kicks off his college career. And that starts on Saturday. 
So their league, I'm, I'm really hyped. I, I don't know. And I've, I've always been high on Jay O'Brien because yeah. I feel like he's, he's an underdog for yeah. no reason. Keep know, an eye on Jay O'Brien, people. What the heck? He had that one. He had that one tough freshman season at Providence, where obviously transition from prep hockey to college, it doesn't always go smoothly. And he had one tough year, and I feel like a lot of people just kind of fell off on him. And then Joel Faraby just he transitioned yeah. so quickly. And you're right, Brooke. They're they're paired together. But so I like that. But please continue. Right, and then number one, which I think is, you know, probably everybody already knows, <laughs> but. It's, it's my opinion. I'm not going to change it for a podcast just to spice things up, Jordan Hall. <laughs> <laughs> We're going with Cam York. There we go. Because outside of the defensemen that are currently on the Flyers, some of the younger guys, so Provorov, Meyer, Sanheim, I don't really have a lot of defensemen that I am looking forward to prospect-wise. And that's not a knock to some of the guys in Lehigh Valley right now. But when I'm looking at in terms of Flyers prospects, Cam York isn't only the top defensive prospect, in my opinion. I think he's the top prospect that the Flyers have right now. So I think that goes to show you the kind of anticipation that is leading up to Cam York and making whenever it's going to happen the next jump in his career, whenever he does decide to go pro and whether that starts in Lehigh Valley or with the Flyers, I think if it starts in Lehigh Valley, it's going to be because the Flyers are really stacked defensively and they're not going to throw him on a bottom pair and just give him a little bit of time on ice. You know, they're going to want him to continue to develop. So I, I'm, so, I'm so high on Cam York and his upside, and I know that that sounds like a cliche when it comes to talking about prospects, but as a whole, you just – you hear so much praise for York, his work ethic, the way he's able to adapt to games, and his hockey IQ is ridiculous. So, yeah, that's, that's, that's my top three. And, I, yeah, I stand firm on believing that Cam York is the top prospect in the system right now. <laughs> I love it. A very fun top three. A 2018 pick and two 2019 picks. So fresh prospects. Uh, love that top three, Brooke. So we'll stick with the college prospects. I'll go, go with my top three. Lay them on me, Jordan Hall. A little different than Brooke Desher's. So we, we differ there, which I think is going to make for some fun discussion. But my third is the same as Brooke. I'm going with Bobby Brink out of Denver. Uh, love his smarts. Uh, his, his head coach at Denver, David Carl, said his hockey sense is elite and just raved about him in terms of how he thinks the game, sees above the ice, um, we know he's a tiny-year kid, a tiny-year winger, but the way he really thinks the game, if you put him with some talented players, uh, he's going to stand out. He's going to make them better. Uh, had a very nice freshman season at Denver. As you mentioned, Brooke, his sophomore year underway now with the Pioneers. But a very exciting prospect that the Flyers got in the second round of that 2019 draft. They moved up to get him. I think they showed how much they liked him. He torched the USHL, and he will be a kid to watch at Denver. Um, and I'm excited to see him kind of defy some odds of the size thing. He, he had, we had talked to him at development camp, and he mentioned that um, he had been doubted a lot because of his size. Um, and you could tell he's kind of a quiet, uh, kind of has a boyish quietness to him. Uh, but you can definitely tell he's got a burning edge inside of him to, to kind of defy those size odds that everyone always places on a younger player when they get drafted. So Bobby Brink at number three. A little different for me. At number two, I'm actually going to go Cam York. 
and I will explain oh. why I have Mr. Ooh. York at number two and not at Brooks' number one ranking. But okay. I love Cam York. Love his upside. Everything about a mobile, elusive defenseman that looks like he is going to put up points uh, at the pro level. We're, no, we're going to see it at Michigan uh, as a sophomore. He will put up points. Uh, his season is underway, already off to a very nice start for Cam York. And I have a feeling, I have a feeling this could be his last year in college and he will be turning pro, Brooke, as you mentioned, and he will be very exciting to watch and keep tabs on in Lehigh Valley. Uh, when and if things are normal up in Lehigh Valley at the PPL, uh, I think fans should really get there uh, when it's safe and uh, able to do so. Get there and watch Cam York whenever he arrives. Very exciting for him. Oh, yeah. I definitely think just on the topic of PPL Center and everything, I know that it might be a little bit of a drive hmm. to get up there, but it really is a great day trip or any kind of opportunity to just be like, okay, like we don't – because let's be honest, sometimes Flyers tickets are expensive. The comparison of getting a family of four, a family of five to an AHL game compared to an NHL game is it's pretty is pretty up there. But if you're willing to endure the two-hour drive, if there's traffic, pending traffic, and where you're going from, it's definitely a fun event. And with all of these prospects up and coming, it's like you get you get a little taste of what's expected at Wells Fargo Center in a few years. So I know that that's not on the topic of prospects whatsoever but I just I really I miss being at the PPL Center personally because it's just it's such a fun arena and you're on top of the ice and all everyone there is just so nice and you get well, to be with Melvin yes a mascot. Great mascot. gritty gritty approves approves of Melvin I know they're good friends but no I'm glad you mentioned that Brooke it really is a, it's it, it's an ex, it's a doable trip and it's so fun to see those prospects. Uh, highly recommend for Flyers fans. Like you said, very nice facility. And there's not a bad seat in there. Uh, any seat in there is a good seat. Um, and, yeah, an exciting team. Scott Gordon, very good coach. Uh, get to the PPL Center, Flyers fans, when, when you can and when it is safe to do so. And uh, for me, my number one college prospect is Noah Cates. I think, oh, yeah. I, yes, I, how did I not know that that was going to be your number one? Brooke, you know I like Noah Cates. I've been high on him since they drafted him, and it's, it's been cool to see him develop from kind of a skinny high school kid who could score to now um, a really bona fide college prospect, fifth-round kid um, who is built now like a pro, an all-situation type of winger who's even playing center right now for Minnesota Duluth as a junior. He's winning face-offs. He does everything. Um, I think – I do not think he has the most upside. If I had to say Cam York and Bobby Brink have more upside, but in terms of college prospects right now, in terms of where they are at the college level, I think Noah Case is the best player they have at the college level right now. Um, very exciting kid to watch. Uh, already off to a good start with Minnesota Duluth. Played a couple games already. Off to a solid start. And his coach, Scott Sandlin, told me during the previous pause that they fully expect Case to turn pro after his junior year this year. So, uh, they are very high on him. Sandlin said basically uh, Cates is like a coach's dream because he does everything without complaining and he plays in all situations, does all the little things. And there's skill there too. There's skill. He can score. He can win face-offs. Um, and it's just cool to see a fifth-round pick all of a sudden turn into a very exciting prospect. So Noah Cates to me is the Flyers' best college prospect right now. But, Brooke, it's funny. I, I jotted down Jay O'Brien in my notes because I wanted to mention him, and I'm glad you got him in the top three. 
you're oh, still yeah. very high on him, and I, I like to see that. Yeah, I'm, I'm super – like I said, I just – I feel like he's an underdog for no reason. People kind of overlook him. And I really hope he just kind of hits the league by storm. And, I mean, obviously it's, it's definitely – an interesting case for freshmen normally to just kind of take control and take charge. And I'm not expecting him to do that immediately, but I'm really looking forward to see how he transitions because seeing how he adapts to this league, um, I'm curious to see it's, it's going to be very telling on how he'll adapt to the next level with pro, which is why everyone was so high on Faraby because when he started college, everyone was like, Oh, he transitioned from his other league like that, right. you know, and then he did the same thing with the NHL. So very interesting to see. Yeah. Jay Ryan, he went to the, you know, struggled at Providence and goes to the BCHL where we knew he was going to score. And to his credit, he did 66 points in 46 games, went there and scored. But like you said, Brooke, he now really needs to show he can do it at the college level. And then we'll start to know a little bit more about how he could transition to the pro level. Flyers Talk is presented by Wells Fargo. Whenever our communities need us, Wells Fargo is here to help. So, Brooke, staying on the theme of college prospects, two of the Flyers' college prospects are no longer college prospects. They are turning <laughs> pro uh, in 2020-21, and they're two kids that really were well-groomed, well-developed in college, and I think fans are excited for them. So we figured let's talk about who maybe we're more excited for in year one, and those kids are Tanner Lazinski who played four years at Ohio State, and Wade Allison, who played at Western Michigan for four years. Brooke, if you had to pick one, who are you more excited for next season? I think in terms of just general excitement, I'm really looking forward to Wade Allison personally mm. because I still feel like we haven't seen him at 100% um, as a player when he was – in college, um, aside from really that first year. And I, I mean, granted, he's, he's had a good season when he was healthy. And I think that that's kind of more the general consensus of where I'm leaning toward with it. I want to see him play healthy 100% going into things, not dealing with lingering injuries. And he's had some unfortunate ones, which really stinks, especially it seems like it always happened once he started gaining momentum. And maybe that was just a level of excitement that he's had where, all right, I'm feeling good. I'm feeling great. Let's amp it up some more. And then, you know, sometimes an injury can occur. So on terms of overall excitement, I'm looking forward to Allison because I want to see what he's capable of contributing right out of the gate. And if he's able to be 100%, is this transition going to be a little more difficult for him going pro? Because personally, I think – Lazinski is going to have a more seamless transition into the, into the AHL compared to Allison. So honestly, I'm, I'm very, I'm looking forward to both of them for different reasons because I want Lazinski to kind of just step right up and take charge because now that we have all of these prospects kind of coming up and really trying to figure out some of the bottom six for the flyers, you have, you have these players jumping back and forth you're going to need somebody that brings a level of stability to the AHL. And obviously that's, that's not as, you know, high on the list compared to NHL. If you're going to bring up prospects, that's the whole point why we have 
the AHL affiliate team. It's so whenever they get the call, they can go for the Flyers. But you're going to need somebody that kind of takes charge and is that kind of player this year where if there's jumblings on the roster, there's going to be one person to step up. And I think that that allows Liz, uh, Lizinski to have that opportunity to just kind of be like, all right, this is a prime opportunity for me to just jump right in. And I think that he'll do it seamlessly. And I'm curious to see how Allison adapts as well. Yeah, we know the upside and excitement is there with Wade Allison. Second round pick uh, who unfortunately dealt with injuries at Western Michigan. And that's really why he was there four years, right, Brooke? We, he probably wouldn't have stayed four if he stayed healthy because he was having an, an incredible sophomore season. And then he started dealing with the injuries and he turned into a four-year guy. But winger with size – uh, who has some skill to him and he plays with an edge. So I think fans sh should understandably um, and justifiably be excited about him. But for next season, for me, I just think there's a little more excitement for me about Tanner Lazinski. For some of the reasons you mentioned, Brooke, I think he's going to have maybe a quicker transition possibly to the Flyers. And that's actually purely more positional. Uh, Tanner Lazinski is a center, and I think the Flyers may have a need in their bottom six at center um, if things don't go the way they plan for some people in terms of health. And we saw them kind of have a merry-go-round of sorts in that bottom six last season. So I can see Linz Tanner Lazinski, who's a center, well-groomed, well-developed, NHL size. He can win face-offs. I could see him having – the Flyers having more of a need for him. Where Wade Allison, they might not have a need for as much uh, early on. Uh, but I think both are exciting prospects. But – with Lazinski, uh, I talked to his Ohio State head coach, Steve Rollick, in May 2019. And Rollick just commended Lazinski just for his practice habits, how he trains like a pro, he's built like a pro, he has a good shot, he can play make a little bit, he can win faceoffs. He, he really sounds and looks like a pro to me from everyone I've talked to. And that tells me we could see him pretty possibly uh, early on in next season, just given where things are and the Flyers, where they are health-wise and in their depth chart. Uh, so, Lazinski is the one I'm a little more excited for next season. But I think Flyers fans, uh, I would not fault anyone for having some excitement about these kids, given we, we, followed them so we followed them so closely for college for four years, and now they're turning pro. That's exciting, Brooke. Oh, yeah. I mean, I feel like <laughs> the past month I've made this analogy so much <laughs> podcast Give it to you us. really feel you already I feel like a proud parent when you see them <laughs> and it's hysterical because they're literally my age or if not a year or two younger which is just it's the funniest analogy in my in my head but you just you you follow them from being drafted joining the uh if their college teams to making that jump pro or still being with the ahl or still being um ohl ncaa wherever they're playing and you just feel like this sense of pride whenever they have this accomplishment because you've seen them since their draft day and you want them to experience that and I'm really cracking up because I think I've said it maybe three or four times in a month on this podcast, and I've never mentioned it prior ever. So, but it's, you just have so much to look forward to, and you really do have to take a second and thank Ron Hextall and all of the drafting and everything that he did for this because 
you know, people get really frustrated with, oh, we're, we're two to three years away from being two to three years away and just drafting isn't going to do anything for this team if they want to win now. Well, now they're in a really exciting position where they're still drafting extremely well. Chuck Fletcher's first two drafts have been fantastic, I think. I, I rated them both an A, personally. Mm-hmm. And to be able to see that we're still drafting well now, we don't have to give up these huge assets because it's not a need to add depth to the pool. It's, it's really great to see that we can look at these prospects and be excited for their future, but also be excited about Philadelphia and the Flyers now. So I think that that's just, ugh, I miss hockey. I miss I, it. Right. Just because I just hyped myself up with that. <laughs> Rook is proud of her adult sons. I know Flyers fans are. <laughs> and it is funny. Tanner Lazinski and Wade Allison Brook, I believe is, they are both 23. I believe the same age as you, correct? Oh, yeah. Now, yes. you know, maybe they shouldn't be larger. That's odd. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'll, be, I'll, be, I'll be proud a proud media member. There you go. There you go. <laughs> And yeah, and those yeah, it's cool to see those kids develop in college. Like those are guys, as fans and as uh, members of the scouting staff in the organization's front office, you really have to be patient with. You know that going in, uh, especially Tanner Lazinski, sixth round pick. You knew he was going to go to college and was really going to take time to develop. What do you know? Here he is, after four years at Ohio State, he's getting the chance to crack the pro level. And he, both players are more ready. Uh, their readiness is way higher than maybe a kid fresh out of junior or, you know, a one and done in college. Uh, these kids are, they're built and built like pros and they play like pros now. And that's exciting because now that they're finally here at the Lehigh Valley and Flyers level, uh, they, their transition can be quicker. So Flyers fans, keep tabs on Tanner Lazinski and Wade Allison. And next time we will have much more prospect talk for you and hopefully more NHL talk for you as this all season continues through December. But Brooke Desher, thank you so much as always. Great chatting with you. And a special thank you as well to our podcast producer, Ben Berry. Flyers fans, thank you for listening to the latest Flyers Talk podcast. Wherever you get your podcast, please rate and subscribe. And we cannot wait to talk to you next time.